Welcome to the brand new fourth season of the World Triathlon Podcast and the start of what is a huge Olympic and Paralympic year with Paris 2024 looming large on the horizon. 55 men and 55 women are zeroing in on their Olympic qualification goals ahead of the end of May deadline for points, while a total of 120 Paralympians across the 11 Paralympic triathlon medal events have until the 1st of July. So massive racing between now and then, kicking off with the Napier World Cup on triathlonlive.tv on the 24th of February. For now though, let's hear from the 22-year-old New Zealander looking to join Hayden Wild on that Paris 2024 start line. The second most successful nation in men's Olympic triathlon is New Zealand, from where Hamish Carter, Bevan Doherty twice and Hayden Wilde have all medalled. Currently flying high in 32nd place in the Olympic rankings is Dylan McCulloch, after the 22-year-old Aucklander had a brilliant 2023 to establish himself as the informed pick to potentially join Wilde on the team for Paris. So Dylan, how are you? Where are you? Thanks, Doug. Uh, thanks for having me on here. I'm currently down in Arrowtown, which is uh, a small town about 15 minutes from Queenstown in the bottom of the South Island in New Zealand. So just training down here by myself at the moment, uh, doing a bit of strength work and pre-season stuff. So yeah, mm-hmm. all is going well. Nice. You've got the uh, the self-motivation and so on to be to be getting into that yourself. Like, where where's your coach based? Is he... Is he a Kiwi as well, or just like not quite so far south as you are right now? Uh, yeah, so my coach is John Hellemans. He um, he used to do triathlon back in the day professionally, um, also a sports doctor, and he lives in Christchurch, which is a, probably a five-hour drive from where I am, um, still on the South Island. He was actually down here um, with me for the last week, uh, just supervising and doing sessions with me. Um, but yeah, he's gone home now. So yeah, just solo grinding by myself. But you know, you just chuck the music in and yeah, it's all good. I don't mind it too much. Excellent. What are you listening to? Any uh, sort of hot recommendations? Oh, nah, I like a bit of everything. So it just depends on my mood on the day, really. Fair dues. What kind of what kind of an off season's it been? Are you you know are you able to switch off for a bit? Are you one of those that like finds it quite important to take a step back? Or would you just? Uh, I mean, particularly in this phase, you've come out of a great year. Is it quite hard not to just sort of want to keep pushing? Um, yeah. So I finished my season after Miyazaki, so end of October last year, and obviously motivation was pretty high and stuff um, with my first World Cup podium. So um yeah like I was motivated to continue but I knew that I had a important year coming up so I um yeah I took the two weeks rest and and went on holiday and um yeah I just completely switched off that's what I like to do and not really think about triathlon at all and you know just let myself go a bit in terms of eat whatever you want and do whatever you want so yeah, I took two weeks of doing that and then gradually built up, um, still just consistently in a volume block at the moment, um, yeah, before sharpening up for some racing in the next month or so. Yeah, a couple of big ones, right? The Wanaka, is it? Conti Cup, is that going to be the yeah. first one? I saw your name on the list of that, along with, well, a lot of New Zealanders and quite a lot of Italians by the looks of it. A few familiar faces, yeah. a couple of like old battlers for you on there in uh, Nicholas Sharda and uh, Crociani. Yeah, yeah, it'd be good to have them here because uh, they're strong swimmers and cyclists. So, 
yeah, it'd be nice to get a bit of a breakaway or something going. Um, and I assume they're here for the Napier World Cup the weekend after in the relay. So, yeah, it'll be good to see where everyone's at um, a week before the World Cup. Um, and, yeah, no, it'll be good. I'm looking forward to it. And, yeah, the star list's not quite out yet for Napier at time of recording, but presumably we'll be seeing your name on there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will be. Um, yeah, yeah. Hopefully the relay the next day. So mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, good one. A new venue. What can you tell us about Napier? Somewhere you've raced quite a lot. Um, no, I've actually never been to Napier before. Um, <laughs> right. So that'll be new to me. Um, okay. From what I've seen, the course is nothing like New Plymouth. Like we had that hill in New Plymouth on the bike. Um, even the run was pretty tough. Well, not tough, but solid um but i think napier is going to be dead flat just along along the beachfront so that'll be completely different to new plymouth um not really what i like i like a tough course but you know i'll just adapt and yeah try and enjoy it yeah yeah the um yeah how do you feel about so is it so for you personally it was a bit of a shame to see new plymouth switched out for napier was it yeah, like we've got such a big history in New Plymouth. Um, I remember like back in the day, like Bevan Doherty and Chris Gemmell and stuff, there was a pretty iconic sprint finish of those two at that race on the same okay. course we were racing at. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they've changed it. But, um, yeah, I'm sure Napier and the tri community there will put on a good event. So, I don't know. I like change. It's, it's always good to have change. So, yeah, I'm yeah. sure it'll be good. And the uh, champagne and the cele podium celebration is going to be pretty good, right? Isn't it wine country down there? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it is. I'm not really a wine drinker myself, but um, I think so. Yeah, the Hawke's Bay, that region. So, yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully, you can get on the podium and yeah. try out the champagne. That would be nice. Yeah, taste. So yeah. coming to the end of last year then, or, or indeed starting this one, 32nd in the Olympic rankings, um, you know, surrounded by some pretty big names in there as well. Like I said, you know, still only 22. If you, yeah, like rewinding to this time last year, was that, you know, what you felt was within your targets? Um, how did you, like, how would you assess 2023? Yeah, well, 12 months ago, I was kind of in uh, a completely different scenario. Like, I wasn't really in the Olympic frame. Uh, my ranking before the start of the season was uh, 115th or something like that. So, yeah, I um, I kind of hit the ground running in those early Oceania races and got some good points and momentum and then carried that through into Europe and finished strong in Asia. So, yeah, I went from 115th to 30th or something world ranking. So, um yeah, I wasn't really expected from my behalf, but um, we'll take it. And then, yeah, hopefully build on that this year. And if I can um, improve on those results and um, ranking from last year, then, yeah, I'll be happy this year. Yeah. I suppose, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you'd already had your first WTCSs in, like, 2021, right? So it's been a, a kind of a gradual build in a sense, but obviously fourth in New Plymouth and then ticking off that first World Cup podium were, were massive sort of milestones for you. How 
yeah how how has it been then for the last couple of years sort of breaking in like finding yourself at this point now where obviously the the New Zealand elite mixed relay team had been so established for quite a long time I mean it was effectively like the same as the junior and under 23 as well like that's how long it's been that th- those guys have been together right with with Nicole, Nicole and, and Taylor and uh, Ainsley so how how has that sort of journey been for you and, and breaking in and someone like I guess that a couple of big personalities um, sort of retiring around like Andrea and, and Ryan Andrea Hewitt and Ryan Sisson's retiring and so on. So it's been a like consistency, but at the same time, a bit of a changing of the guard, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, it has been the last few years. Because um, during that time, like, you know, there was quite a few guys ahead of me um, with Ryan and, and Sam Ward, um, Taylor and, and those guys. Um, but yeah, Ryan, Sam have all retired now. Kyle's gone to long course um so yeah it's um it's been quite sudden moving up the ranks um so yeah it was probably it was probably too big of a jump back in 2021 doing that wts in montreal and stuff and kind of finding my feet uh over in europe it was quite hard especially in covid time Mm. uh being away from home during that time um but i think it was really good for me firstly to grow um and I think, yeah, it's taken me a couple of years since then to to really get going again. Um, and yeah, obviously last year was a pretty good year. So um, yeah, no, hopefully we can continue. I guess like your, yeah, maybe your trajectory has been quite unusual in that, you know, with not a huge number of races under your belt, back in 2018, you had this month where you had your first, junior world championships in gold coast right and then a month later you find yourself winning the youth olympic games and that like you know inevitably throwing you in the spotlight and so on so yeah like just looking back on on that time as well and how you sort of managed with those kind of big races and that bit of spotlight and and yeah like it must have felt huge at the time was it yeah, it was pretty big um, for a junior athlete, especially I was 17 that year. So I, um, yeah, I wasn't at school and I was in Europe, you know, on the other side of the world for good two months or so. Um, yeah, before coming back for the world champs in Gold Coast. Um, and back then my kind of race tactics were just to swim as hard as I could and get on the bike and ride as hard as I could, which I did. And I was pretty much off the front either solo or in a small breakaway of two in most of those races. Um, so I have had to change that these days with uh, the older level of competitors and everyone being so close. Um, but yeah, I, I really, I did have a lot of success at an early age, which, um, which was pretty cool. Um, but it's also hard to carry that on. Um, Youth Olympics was a pretty big deal. Um, I went into that race, you know, as a as a favorite. Um, so yeah, to perform on the day and and come back with the gold was pretty special. Um, and everything that did follow along from that, um, like I remember, I got back to the Olympic Village and got a haka from from the whole New Zealand team and 
lots of media and stuff so all that was pretty new and you know something I didn't really know much about um at that age but yeah I was kind of at the top then of of the I don't know juniors and then I unfortunately missed my last year of junior worlds it was cancelled in 2020 due to COVID um but yeah came back for 2021 under 23s and, and had a 12th there and then yeah have just built on that um with commonwealth games in 2022 and then a, a good year 2023 so yeah, yeah hopefully let's continue moving up did it like enhance any pressure have you felt any pressure as someone you know coming from a country like new zealand that's obviously had that much success and generally like seems to demand a lot of its sports people right there's success sort of across the board uh yeah and, and it's I guess that Youth Olympic Games, suddenly people were joining the dots already like 10 years ahead, presumably, and going, oh, this this guy's a freaking bullet. Like, we've got another one coming up now. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's, that's got to be hard to deal with. Were you, were you sensing, like, a bit of pressure? Were you putting pressure on yourself? Or did it all kind of – how did that play out? Uh, yeah, I think there's always a bit of pressure, um, especially, you know, people are looking for the next – Bevan Doherty, Hamish Carter. Um, and, you know, after Youth Olympics, people were already talking like in Tokyo, blah, blah, blah. But I was way too young for that. I wasn't ready for that. Um, and, yeah, but, I, I mean, we do have a pretty big history with triathlon in New Zealand, um, and especially, you know, Hayden's kind of continuing that on. So it would be pretty cool to, to also do something. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really feel too much pressure towards that. Um, I kind of yeah, keep that separate and just worry about myself and focus on what I can do. And then, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah. And presumably enjoy watching what Hayden's been able to do and kind of, well, watch a bit, learn a bit. Has that been how he obviously, you know, lives in Andorra now, quite a long way away, Um Taylor Reid obviously is sort of more New Zealand based, isn't he? I don't know about Trent Thorpe and those guys as well, but how, so yeah, those two had a bit of a sort of vice-like grip on the, on the mixed relay for, for a long while there. Um, how's it been sort of breaking in and like, you know, having those first world series starts and kind of, all right, guys, like, you know, making it, <laughs> it's obvious where your sort of ambitions lie and uh Yeah. Yeah, I um well, I got a few opportunities to do the mixed team relay last year, but like oh, I got selected for Montreal, but that was cancelled to the fires. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I was selected for the Sunderland mixed relay, but I got really sick along with a lot of other people. Um, and yeah, spent the entire night throwing up, so I couldn't start that. Um, and then the Paris mixed relay was a duathlon, so um. Like I've I've had some good chances to be in the team, but I haven't been able to do proper mixed team relays or or get those chances I would have liked to have. But um, yeah, like there's been a staple of the team for the past few years. But it's nice that the selectors and HP team are giving some other athletes a chance. Um, like especially yeah, in, in Montreal in 2021, which followed the Olympics. Um, they gave myself and, and Saxon um, a chance. 
And yeah, that was really cool because we got on the on the podium and it just kind of um showed us what that level is like. So yeah, it would be nice to get a few more chances in that mixed team relay um over the next few months to um to yeah, see what it's really like. Yeah. And um so we'll presumably like the Napier lineup will that be based on the results from the day before is, is it one of those it's a bit kind of fluid nobody is sort of guaranteed anything or yeah usually they just um select like a team of six um before the race and then depending on how the race goes they select their final starting four um with the two reserves so yeah um unsure yet what will be but yeah We'll see what happens after the individual. Was the Paris one one of those? It's yeah, it was it was a duathlon, which was obviously massively disappointing, but it's still it's the mixed relay. You're wearing the New Zealand freaking uniform, you're on the Olympic start line as as much as and you're able to put in an amazing three segments despite your kind of preferred one, I guess, not being even part of there, right? So you must have come away from that delighted with how it went yeah yeah it was pretty cool just being in paris to race on those iconic streets and landmarks uh in the first place and i wasn't sure until um like a month out when the start list came out that i'd get a start because of my ranking at the time um so yeah i i really enjoyed that opportunity um the individual didn't didn't really go my way um few problems there but um yeah it was cool to have a solid mixed team relay league um and just get a feel for what it's like and and uh yeah not many people get to race in paris on those streets so yeah that was pretty special and something i'll always remember where did the uh where did the problems arise in the individual like was there was it as early as in the swim there's obviously like current situations to be dealt with there was a yeah huge amounts of uh, yeah, I, I was just having some continued problems from Sunderland like two oh. weeks earlier, um, the stomach. I, um, yeah, I just had pain on the bike and then the run. And if you know what it's like trying to run with a sore stomach, it's not very nice. So right. I battled um, I through and finished. So that was the main thing. It was a case of getting through it. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it is, yeah, it is precious just as, you know, Flora Duffy showed, right? She whether or not she really felt like she had a chance of competing, she still wanted to be there to yeah. take it all in and be able to visualize it all like, you know, a year out. It's, it's so important. And for you in your career in general, if that Olympic start line comes to fruition as a 23 year old, that Olympic debut as a 23 year old, as opposed to potentially 27, you know, you're going to be able to, I mean, the, the sort of know-how uh, that that will give you heading into an LA campaign, and you know, in your in the ideal world, will, will be incredibly precious, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good learning. Um, it's probably a bit more important for Flora as she's you know targeting the gold. So, yeah, it was good that she was there. But uh, yeah, it would be it would be nice to get there. Um, but yeah, not too much pressure on it. Um, yeah, we'll just see what happens. I mean. You never know what could happen. We we could also get three male spots, um, depending on how the next six months go. So, yeah, we're not counting that out. 
And then just winding back again to Pontevedra then, and like that was your first elite championship finals, being an influencer in, in that in that situation and being among that incredibly well-oiled French machine. And um, yeah, the, the, like the learnings out of that must have been pretty huge. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty special to race the grand final. Um, I've usually just been watching on the sidelines as a junior or under twenty three. So to be in that race was pretty cool. Um, and yeah, I made that front pack, but obviously we had Hayden Wild um, chasing the world title in the in the chase pack. So I um, I didn't want to get involved anywhere near the front um, to you know put more time into him. So I kind of just hung back and let the French do their thing and um unfortunately didn't work out um what Hayden wanted um or the New Zealand team but uh yeah he still got second but yeah for me um I think I got up to 12th after 5k on that run so I was running pretty strongly but probably um yeah burnt a few too many matches in that first 5k and finish 21st um as you know Blumenfeld and those guys ran from the chase pack but uh overall it was a pretty pretty good race for me um good amount of points and stuff so that was my aim olympic points um and it was also my first time at altitude doing a block going into that race so i went up to font um for a few weeks and trained with richard murray and, and rachel Klummer up there um so I wasn't really sure how that was going to go leading into the race. It was quite quite new. Yeah. Um, yeah, everything went well up there and um, came down and did a pretty good performance. So I think we'll look to do the altitude thing again moving forward. It's a big thing, isn't it? And like very personal, it seems, between the athletes. Like either how long you're up there, how long you leave yourself between coming back down from altitude and racing and a lot of factors a lot of theories i guess going around it as well like yeah like i've i was in banyols in spain for uh, uh, a good few months and it kind of gets a little bit stale um being there for so long just doing the same training and stuff and my coach john came over and um we went on a day trip to Fontainebleau. It's, it's not not a long drive hmm. and we went and had a look up there because he's um he's been there many times before with uh, past olympic teams and um yeah he introduced me to to richard and rachel up there and and then i came back to banyols um for a few days and then yeah we decided that i'd go back up there for a few weeks just to try something because didn't really have anything to lose like um about stuff to gain so i think that went well and especially leading into the asia race block i had a bit of continued um altitude you know training in my body to to push through because that was pretty messy few weeks with all the travel and yeah, back right. from europe and then back to asia and stuff so yeah, yeah i would um, yeah i think that went well for me yeah plus if you're in a race like that in that sort of position kind of johnny brownie was with you and then you sort of lost him right he was if you're even even in the middle of a race when it when it's coming together like that, then there can't be too many better feelings. And you're just behind uh, a Christian Blumenfeld. You're ahead of Hella Heens finishing in twenty first in your first champ finals. Yeah, 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 exactly as you say. Um, and yeah, it was a pretty pretty tough course as well um, with the the hilly run through the through the cobbles and the streets. So yeah, I um, yeah I felt good and 
yeah no complaints really how was that ride like it, it before the race people were saying it's not a breakaway you know it's too many speed bumps and there were yeah it, it it was so broken up and then like on the gas again was it just uh yeah like the sheer firepower in there and that i guess that will to stay ahead of, of that was obviously burning within the likes of dorian and pierre lacour and so on do you think that was just kind of what made it stick yeah, well, everyone was saying before the race that no, nah, it's not going to be a breakaway. It'll be a big bunch like Paris was and stuff. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. It seems that the French are really motivated at every grand final, like they did in Abu Dhabi the year before. Um, so yeah, it worked. It worked well for me. Um, not so much for Hayden. Um, but yeah, that no, was pretty cool to be part of that. It wasn't super. Well, it wasn't super hard bike for me. Just I wasn't doing much. Um, but yeah, no, it was um, it was pretty good from them to be to be riding that hard, and then especially for them to run like they did, and and Dorian to to win that was it was pretty spectacular. Like Leo did the year before, it was just mind blowing. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. yeah, two years in a row where they sort of collectively dictated who was going to be champion. I mean, were there? I guess particularly in light of what had happened the year before had there been any conversations between you as a team about like you know the chances are pretty good that you and taylor or one of you at least is going to be in that front pack that hayden might be a bit further back nobody's obviously imagining the cap drop situation but you know after abu dhabi going into this one similar scenarios the french kind of lurking was there ever any conversations about how that how a you know team tactic could work no, I um I thought they would be going into the race, but no, there was no discussion at all about that. So I don't know, maybe that was a mistake um, or not. But yeah, like you can, you really can work as a team um, if you want to. Um, but it's not up to me. It's up to you know the try and Z high performance and Hayden his team and stuff. So yeah, there was no plan going to the race. So unlike the French, by the looks. Yeah, do you think part of that might be that Hayden's just not the sort of person that could be like, look, fellas, here's a couple of scenarios where could actually like use your help a bit, I suppose. If, yeah, and then therefore maybe as a the, the powers above at the team don't then introduce. Yeah, I, I think he. I think he. Um, I don't know. He just likes to race hard and and you know do pretty much everything by himself. So maybe that was his thoughts. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm always open to help uh, fellow countrymen. So, but yeah, there was nothing. So maybe in years to come, we'll have something like that. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Well, maybe into Paris, right? I mean, that, if, <laughs> that would be the uh, logical place to try and do something, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it would be. Um, yeah, depending on who gets elected and if there's a plan. But yeah, I'm sure the French will be wanting to do what they've done in Pontevedra and Abu Dhabi <laughs> again on a yeah home turf in front of a home crowd. So yeah, yeah, that'll be exciting. And then just fast forwarding a little bit to that Miyazaki race. Um, and yeah, it was obviously, it was going so well for you for so long out there. Um, it took a kind of freakishly good run from Milner to, to, to pass you at the end i mean the gloss of a obviously it, the win would have been outstanding it's still a first podium and that's that's amazing is it 
is it like the nature of the sport in a way that you know you think you've maybe kind of got an idea of the pecking order you've looked down the start list you sort of see a few faces and then someone like that comes in does a run like that and you kind of have to reassess a little bit of like what you're where you are and what you're thinking yeah well I was always weary of Hugo in the race um you know starting if he's if he's there then yeah he'll win he'll win um it's just yeah his run speed is unbelievable and um yeah like I think I ran 30 40 or something which is pretty good on that course but yeah for him to run 29 30 or whatever he did was just incredible um but yeah pretty pretty stoked so with a silver medal um well I was actually in third until Batista got a penalty just before the finish so that was a surprise but yeah I was pretty hungry going into that into that race especially a close fourth and Tong Yong the weekend before um I was running in Tong Yong and and um you know I did a bit of front running and stuff but nothing you know that I put myself out of my comfort zone so my coach said to me before Miyazaki, if, if you're feeling good, you know, after 5K on the run, have a proper go, um, which I did. Um, did a bit of a surge and then no one no one could follow. And then I just ran by myself for one and, uh, one and a half laps or so with, I don't know, 800 to go until Hugo and Batista came past. Um, but yeah, that was a pretty pretty special feeling to be running by myself you know leading a world cup it was um yeah something i'd never had before so yeah yeah yeah, pretty cool feeling and nice to have those kind of other young sort of talents to push against as well is it like you know you got the batistas doing so well i got priest sort of knocking on the the third member of the german team for paris as well um yeah both as like a benchmark and just regular faces that you're all relatively similar stages of your careers and all like seem to be vying for being together at the pointy end of some pretty big races yeah like the level these days is just crazy like we all are top 20 or something tong yong all ran sub 15 minutes um and you look at years before like yeah they're, they're not like that so the level at the moment is very high um but it's it's, it's really good for the sport everyone's pushing each other and that whole Asia campaign was was pretty cool because we all travelled to every race together as a big group. So it was a cool experience, and you got to new got to know like new people, um, yeah, that you hadn't met before. Um, so yeah, pretty cool experience, and uh, I'm very glad I went to it. And a few new venues coming up this year as well. We've got Samarkand in Uzbekistan among them. Um, the Levin Indoor. World Cup in France, starting off in Napier, obviously as well. Um, so yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a big year for many reasons. Uh, what are your? I mean, are you sort of daring to set yourself any targets, or is it just too obvious? Like it's just hit those important. There's what three WTCS, six World Cups, Continental Championships. Yeah, a potentially huge uh, mixed relay in Huatulco, I guess as well. Um, yeah, so yeah, target those three WTSs. Um, there's still a chance to qualify with top eights for our selection. Uh, it's pretty hard these days, um, with that level, but I'll, yeah, I'll do those WTSs. Um, the uh, so a top eight, different. sorry, a top, top eight in any of those three would guarantee you that start spot. Uh, 
two top eights in in those races. So right. you pretty much got yeah two chances out of out of three races. Yeah, to do that, um, which is yeah pretty tough. But yeah, I'll still go there and race those. Um, continue, yeah, hopefully increasing the Olympic ranking, and um, yeah, hopefully some mixed team relay chances along the way. Uh, and yeah, we'll see about the Olympics. It's not the be all end all. Um, be nice to get there, but yeah, we'll see. And then, as I said, if I can just you know have improve on last year's results then yeah that's all i can ask for really and so what yeah the sort of volume you're doing at the moment is it uh, how much of a build are you gonna have to do over the next month up into napier well in wanaka beforehand right yeah um yeah so just doing lots of aerobic stuff at the moment um uh yeah quite enjoy training by myself i don't mind it so i'm just down here um Lots of mountains to climb up um, and running trails and stuff, open water lakes. So, yeah, big volume. And then, yeah, start sharpening up probably start of February. So about in two weeks' time before Wanaka, Napier, Abu Dhabi two weeks later, then Devonport the week after that. So it's pretty hectic race schedule. Um, yeah, it's like four or five races in the space of a month or so five weeks so uh yeah just, up. Making, <laughs> yeah just making sure you know i've got enough fitness um to carry me through those races you said just then with your mum and dad still right uh, at the moment are they what they have like a vaguely sporting background are they sort of people that take a like a keen interest in, in what you're doing you finish a session or are they just kind of letting you do your thing and just make sure there's a nice steaming bowl of pasta waiting for you when you get in. No, they're um they're very very supportive. So um, yeah, driving around or I don't know, following me for for a run session or or bike sessions or swims or whatever, they're always helping um, along with meals and stuff. So yeah, I'm pretty lucky to have them. Um, it's a lot harder doing it by yourself. You know, if you didn't have a coach or family support, uh, it makes life a lot tougher but um yeah no i'm lucky to have that support down here with me and is there anyone else that has like figured in your formative years as like a particular source of inspiration either like inside or outside of the sport well i i i have to go with the brownlee brothers i mean i've uh like i remember watching london 2012 olympics when i was 11 year old um and then, yeah, I've just, you know, I've been a big fan of them and the way they race, the aggressive nature. And, um, yeah, I just want to try and follow follow that kind of racing. And, um, yeah, they inspire me to do this. So. so between the age of 11 and 17, when you went to Buenos Aires for the Youth Olympic Games, was there a, like, a little, was there a light bulb moment in there or did you already have it by the time of what, you know, where was the point where you're like, I, this is what I want to like, dedicate my life to? Uh, yeah, it was probably, um, you know, I was a big fan, you know, at 11, 12, 13, 14, but then yeah, it kind of really came in probably around 16 that I really wanted to do it full time. Um, so yeah, I actually ended up leaving school a year early to, um, to move out of home, uh, moved to Cambridge, which was the national training center at the time. And, and, um, that was in 2018. So I was 17 then. Uh, spent a stint in Europe 
um, that year, racing junior Condi Cups, the European Youth Olympic Qualifier, and then, yeah, finished the year off with the Youth Olympics. So I'm glad I glad I left school and, and um, yeah, that paid off for me, with the Youth Olympics and stuff. Yeah. All right. Something that uh, people may not know about you. Give us a little, a little Dylan McCulloch nugget. <laughs> um, before, before I did triathlon, I wanted to be a musician or a pop star, or whatever. Right. I, um, I did, uh, I played the guitar and sang and stuff for uh, probably five years or so before I started properly doing triathlon. And, um, yeah, I, I really love music and that's what I wanted to do, but I don't know, the more I did triathlons and stuff, that kind of took over and, um, yeah, that became my new passion. Yeah. Who did you want to be at the age of 12, 13 as a rock star? Everyone had to, wanted to be someone specific, right? Yeah, I wanted to be uh, Justin Bieber. He, <laughs> uh, he came to my school, actually, my primary school when I was no yeah, probably like eight or nine years old um Jesus. and he played, he played a concert there kind of when he was starting out um there was a, a person at my school who won a competition to have him come and play so um yeah i saw him there and that kind of i don't know inspired me and then yeah i was just obsessed with guitar and singing and music and everything so i did that for a good few years um yeah before triathlon oh, wow. but yeah I think, I think it's good I I stuck to triathlon because I'm not <laughs> sure I would have made made the cut with music unfortunately you'll play a bit though like got quite good at the guitar yeah yeah I, I did you still I write stuff like did you write your own did you I mean do you still find yourself no I, I never wrote songs back at that age I was just, you know doing covers of other people's songs but yeah, I still get on the guitar every now and then, and play some play some chords, some songs, but um, yeah, not so much. It's yeah. nice. It's nice every now and then. All right. So, if you could pick your team intro music for Team New Zealand at Paris, what would you want to walk out to? Uh, I'd have to definitely go with a Kiwi artist. Um, probably, probably a Kiwi classic, Dave Dobbin, uh, "Slice of Heaven." He's um yeah he's been around a while and uh you know it just reminds you of home kind of before before you start the race so that's always a nice feeling. All right. But uh, I think everyone enjoys a bit of Dave Dobbin. Dave Dobbin. What <laughs> I've not heard of him. What is the sort of style? He sounds like he might be like is it is it the sort of song that's going to pump you up? Yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, right. uh, yeah. I don't know what what style genre you call it but yeah no it's a good song yeah all right and then lastly yeah like looking back over you know 22 months to your 23 um what what is your your standout race your moment not it doesn't have to be result necessarily but what's the one that you kind of look back on and either had felt like you had that eureka moment or just got the result that you really felt you'd earned uh, I'd have to say Youth Olympics, um, just because I went, like I won the Oceania qualifier, um, and then in Europe I won the European qualifier, so I was like the favourite, and um, going into that race, you know, I had a lot of pressure, um, but, you know, I still managed to put it together on the day, so hmm. yeah, I was pretty proud of that, because, um, you know, it's not easy, you know, going into a race as a favourite and still trying to deliver, so 
yeah, that that looking back on that, it was um, it was a challenge, but yeah, something that yeah, I'll be proud of forever. That was the qualification route, was it? Was it that those two? Everyone had to do those two races, or was there? Was there there must have been ones on other continents as well. Was there one in the Americas um, that you could have gone through? Yeah, no, so yeah, I qualified in the Oceania one, but then yeah, Europe had their own qualifier and yeah, Americas and stuff. But I see you didn't have to do the European one. That was just because you were oh, there doing the yeah. European colours or not. Yeah, yeah. So the qualifier there was in Banyols and, and I was training with the New Zealand team in Banyols. So I um, uh, you know, I just walked a hundred K or sorry, one K down the road and you know, started the race. So yeah, yeah. it was uh, it was more of a training race, but I um yeah came away with the win so it was probably not the smartest thing to do um you know putting a target on my back and um because I, I did do a solo breakaway that day so they probably knew what I was planning to do at the Youth Olympics um so yeah that's another reason why it was special to pull it off at the Youth Olympics and then for the mixed relay just like at the Youth Olympics you're just kind of thrown in with how are the teams selected. Yeah, so we were in Team Oceania, so two Kiwis and two Australians. Right. Uh, and then, yeah, it was Team Europe and Team Americas and stuff like that. Um, but that was a pretty cool experience, you know. <laughs> you never, ever get to race with Australians in your team. So, um, yeah, no, it was actually really cool. I can't remember what our name was called now. We had some funny name, but, uh, yeah, no, that was that was pretty cool looking back on that. Great. Well, it's been excellent to get to know Dylan McCulloch a bit more. Thanks very much for your time. Really appreciate it. Uh, nice to kick off the 2024 podcast season with a Kiwi as the racing is going to start there as well in a few weeks. So, yeah, best of luck for the season ahead. It's been um, it's been great to watch you the last season and, uh, yeah, big things ahead. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate the chat. Thank you.